Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed, and this particular episode is the Andor Report. Boom, 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 boom. Don't wear a brown suit. <laughs> uh, that was some great audio by Ken Namsock. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. We have this fun tradition of uh, these report shows. Uh, I like to say the name all dramatic, and Ken provides some kind of music. And I think this is the first time that you maybe had kind of a an electronic beat, and then you did some sampling of Cyril Karn. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a very artistic piece of music. Uh, please respect my artistic integrity on that music, please, please. <laughs> I do. I would like to hear Cyril Karn sampled in many pieces of music going <laughs> right. forward. Uh, be too emo too. This whole episode, this oh, whole yeah. show, yeah. it's really a competition to have the best dialogue that can be sampled in other music. Luthen, come on, Mothma, smile. Anyway, uh, getting ahead of myself, uh, we are excited to be here discussing episode seven of Andor. The title is Announcement. It's directed by Benjamin Karen, or Karen, I apologize, I don't know the uh, correct pronunciation, and written by Stephen Schiff, which for me is a fun and big deal. Um, it's about 44 minutes of uh, actual news story in this episode. We always like to set the scene of uh, what the conditions were for us watching it. So, Ken, did you have a normal midnight ritual and how did it go? Oh, man, that's a way to question. Uh, yes, I had my midnight ritual. We are. I keep saying this because I, I, I just it's that world where we want to preface things and make sure we acknowledge other people's existences. I think that's true and very important. I'm not even saying that cynically. We're mm -hmm. blessed to be on the West Coast to have a yes. midnight drop. Uh, it's just become too late for me <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know how to, I just, that, and that's going to feed a lot of what I'm going to say here at the top of the show before we discuss all the things that I love in this episode. It, it just, I, man, I've been traveling. I've been this and that. I, I, I've been, I've been sounding exhausted on the show. And I, so life is great. I, I, life is great for me right now. Um, at 1140, I was like, I, uh, I could just, I could just wake up tomorrow and watch this, but I stuck, stuck through it. And I set the scene. That was the scene. Uh, sweatpants. <laughs> And Andor. No, I, I totally understand. Um, I love the midnight drop. I'm lucky to be on the West Coast. And I love it when I have room in my life to really make it a, a ritual and, yeah. and stay up. And I, I still do that. But these last couple of weeks have been uh, a little taxing. Um, my wife has a dance rehearsal that she's at on, on Tuesday. And when my wife doesn't uh, kind of come home at the normal hours, I just keep working. I was at my computer for 12 <laughs> hours straight. And it's sort of this like uh, long, endless uh, work day, which mm. I'm lucky to have uh, yeah. work. Um, I did. We, we have the screeners uh, for Tales of the Jedi, which we're very lucky to have as well. And we'll be talking about that. I watched all the Tales of the Jedi. Uh, it was in some ways a really great prep because it, it, there's been a lot of discussion about how Andor is different as a Star Wars show. Uh, I am all in for the Star Wars buffet where there should be different styles, different flavors, different dishes within Star Wars. And it was frankly fun. Uh, like you're you're going to a great culinary uh, neighborhood, you know, <laughs> yeah. in your hometown. And, you know, for dinner, you have this and then you go and have second dinner and they're two different dishes and you uh, get to celebrate what is similar and mm -hmm. what is different. So I kind of went into this uh, already having a full Star Wars meal. Yeah. And excited then uh, for that uh, different flavor. Um, but awesome. part of my ritual is all, also always like, do I wake my wife? Because <laughs> uh, she usually has gone to bed. And I'll have to ask her tomorrow. I think I might have woken her with a Yalaran yell. Um, and I, I really <laughs> look forward to having to describe to her or uh, maybe other people who aren't, who are Star Wars fans, but not in the intense Star Wars bubble who are like, it's the ISB. Where is the 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 man with the mustache? Why yeah. are you excited for that incredibly brutal, cruel man? Why did you pump your fist and go yay yeah. for that vicious man's vicious speech of control, yeah. tyranny, and authoritarianism? Yeah. Why did you yell for that? Well, let me take you back. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So I was extremely excited for Yularn. I think I might have woken my wife with the old Yularn yell. Uh, Yularn yell sounds like a great Billy Idol song. Yeah, I had a a similar reaction, but also like a great amount of disappointment in him as as a as a as a human. A lot of disappointment. (laughs) I I'm so fascinated about him. We can we can talk about him yep. more. If for anybody listening is a Yularn, what are you talking about? He is a character that was sort of a, a character was assigned to a person in the background of the meeting room in A New Hope. Uh, that person was also featured in the Clone Wars animated series at that time, working with our friends the Jedi and the clones. Yeah. And it's a fascinating case of us projecting positive things on Yalaren because he's mm. working with our friends. He's the hero. Yeah. But he's always been a little bit of a control freak authoritarian, yep. even in the Clone Wars episode. So it's yep. fascinating how we can play with uh, audience loyalty, just kind of based, not even not necessarily on what the character does, but how we are positioned. Are we the audience in alignment with that character? Yeah. Yeah, I'm staring across the, my studio here at an Admiral Yularen three and three quarter Clone Wars figure, and I'm like, buddy, you could have been, you could have been a contender, <laughs> you're a villain. You could have been that fourth person who knows what Mon Mothma is talking about. Yes. No. Yes. No. All right. Uh, so we always like to set the scene like that. I had some mm. tea. I had some whiskey. I had uh, some excitement, despite being tired. Uh, and we'd like to go into our overall reaction, painting an honest picture of where we're at. Uh, Ken, you love this episode, like it, struggle with it. Where are you at? Yeah. So I, I, I got, I honestly struggled a bit and, and a lot of it is the setting, a lot of things around it. Now I, I'm going to pull apart that statement. There, there's some amazing things in here that I love and I can't wait to discuss. And I've already, um, did, we always do a, a second rewatch of the episode, but, um, I had enough time on my hand and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it again. And and that that means there's a lot of wonderful things in here and some great scenes. I love it. I think uh, I, I'm struggling slightly a little bit with the, this show isn't a slow burn. It's methodical, meaning it's very much doing its own thing in terms of style and presentation and writing compared to other Star Wars stories. But that that's the style. The themes are all similar to every other show we've got. Uh, uh, to dive into every other show, every other movie you watch, every other book, the themes, it's Star Wars through and through. We've discussed that over and over again, but the style is different and, and it's very confidently repeated every week for me. And I think this time around, I just, when I say methodical, that means it stays within what it wants to do and it slowly moves through it. It's slow burn sounds too tantalizing for what this actually is at times to me. And I, I up, I, I, my head kind of butt up against the show this week of I just know what you're going to do and it's all going to end with a scene that cuts off midway and I'm going to have to wait till next week and I'm grumpy and I want to go to bed. <laughs> and, and, and I just have to say, and it, and it, and it did that. And, and I went to bed grumpy. Like I, I just want someone to take a blaster and start shooting up a room or something like that, which um, <laughs> is why we watch things the second time around, why we make sure we don't run into a studio and do a, a reaction. Cause it, it would have been unnecessarily negative. My first viewing, the second viewing has some of my favorite Mon Mothma stuff. Can't wait to talk about it. Has some amazing stuff with Andor, has some important stuff with Andor and what he experiences. Uh, we're going to go through it. And I really love Stephen Schiff's writing. Like, a lot of the scenes just sing, man. They just sing. So um, that's part of it. You, you want to set the honest tale. That's I went to bed going, uh, I don't know if this is for me right now. And I woke up going, well, of course it is. Let's dive back in. Yeah, I I totally understand all those things. Um, I, I think that Andor has amazing writing. I think it has amazing acting, amazing cinematography. Uh, it feels fresh. Mm-hmm. That is the reason that people 
all those reasons people are reacting to it so positively. Uh, but for myself, I feel like some of the slow burn has been a little too slow as I've watched, like mm -hmm, some mm -hmm. scenes that are like, that's a rich, great scene. But did we need every one of those scenes in order to get to uh, the, the moment of choice? Right. Um, yeah. I think there's something structural, particularly about uh, episodes four and five. You could show me any individual scene and I'd be like, well, yeah, that's a great scene. That's right. great. But then that's always the question of is it is it totally vital to to the forward movement and i think episode four and episode five were also sort of burdened with in my opinion we are told that the big choices the big actions are going to happen two episodes from now in part six yeah. you know we're we're, right. we're aware that that's where everything's going to come to a head so uh even though i have loved every individual scene sometimes i've been a little bit like yeah i might have liked this even more if it was released as a as a two-hour movie and that was the arc mm -hmm. and we're moving so I kind of went into it with that, like, what's what's the pacing going to be like? I know I'm going to enjoy every individual scene. Yeah. But what's going to be the effect of the overall episode? And because I was going into it uh, with that perspective, this was my favorite episode yet. Great. Because I think one of the big ideas that we'll dive into is this episode, like the title suggests, announcement is a breaking open. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's a catharsis. Things that everybody kind of knew were gonna happen are exploding. Uh, choices are being made, or choices are being really actively uh, run away from. It was every major character's story felt like it was truly moving, rather than we're checking in with our characters so that they can tell us that something's gonna happen two episodes from now. Things were happening in this episode. Choices were being made, and it made it really electrifying for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, I cut you off. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that was a very, I, sorry, that was a very, like I was from a, a judge on a, on high. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. No, um, no, I, I, and I really uh, am going to feed off your energy there and, 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 and love this. And, and, and again, shutting off Stephen uh, Schiff as a writer, I think, especially on second viewing for me, there was a little bit of what you're talking about where, particularly with like, Andor, uh, first of all, love Diego Luna, love, love the character, love this show. I've just been a few times I want to just slap him upside the head and just go, do you get it? Do you get it? And he's going to have to get it right. Like yeah. he, he made some choices and now you can't run. We're going to talk about those big themes stuff with Mothma where I'm a big fan of Mothma as a character. And I felt, I felt sometimes like why she seemed to be behind the eight ball. Uh, why does she seem to be wonder? Oh, well, we can't do this, and get to get a little bit more, get a little bit more of her insight, get a little bit more of the mask she has to wear, and a little more of the state. I, I was really, really just uh, soaking up her scenes here, and I've loved the stuff they've done so far. Again, I think that that comes up a lot. Like, like I'm with you. Every individual scene hits. Uh, collectively, sometimes it drags. Um, so all that aside, yeah, this I really agree with you. And when this episode's placed against all twelve, when we're finally done. I think it will be even more important to the characters and, and what they're doing going forward. Yeah. This is kind of a little bit of a point of no return for a lot of the characters. Mm -hmm. um, in, yeah. So Stephen Schiff, uh, a writer producer from the show, the Americans, uh, the Americans is one of my very favorite uh, shows. Um, if anybody's interested in checking it out, it, it is a very intense show. Uh, there's, there's some stuff that's hard. There's some stuff that's hard in particular in, in the pilot uh, it's, to me, it's got a little bit of pilotitis where it, where it wants to show how intense it's going to be. Mm -hmm. um, so with that said, <laughs> mm -hmm. those caveats, I highly recommend the Americans. 
when casting was announced, uh, we talked about the Americans. I mean, like this could be like the Americans, but Star Wars is the Americans is set in the eighties. It's a, a, a family, a, a man and a woman who, who form a family have actor actually have children to, uh, and this is just the pilot uh, to hide the fact that they are Russian agents and mm. everything is about this intense combination of the deeply personal, the intimate, the day-to-day relationships, while also trying to hold on to this ideology that they're supposed to be pursuing without mm. having been in Russia for decades. Right. Um, and so I'd always been like, that Cassian's a rebel spy. That's the kind of, wouldn't that be different and fun for Star Wars? Um, and then it was announced that Stephen Schiff was the showrunner of Andor. It would appear from some of the interviews that he did develop it, uh, that there was uh, some, uh, at least from the Tony Gilroy interviews uh, that popped up mm-hmm. some places, that Lucasfilm wasn't exactly sure if this was the right take. And then Tony Gilroy, you know, grabbed the ball and ran. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, rambling about this, uh, partially just to suggest the Americans, if that sounds good to people, uh, mm-hmm. And also to just be really, really excited for Stephen Schiff. And I feel like those American sense of the Americans uh, Mm -hmm. TV show sensibilities were in this episode where uh, everybody was dealing with these deeply personal, intimate scenes with just the cloud of what is your ideology and what are you willing to do for it, haunting every interpersonal, intimate interaction. Yeah. Big, big thing about those masks, right? The masks Mm -hmm. we wear all through it. Yeah. Through it. Yeah. And and then the final thing for me, and I know this is a a big discussion for lots of people, uh, is kind of what makes something Star Wars, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And for me, I've really been enjoying Andor because, uh, I guess not because, an observation about Andor. Andor has had less of the surface level trappings of Star Wars, but is extremely heavy on the deep moral, philosophical, thematic underpinnings of Star Mm -hmm. Wars. Mm-hmm. And this episode had a little bit more balance to me. It still had a ton of those deep moral underpinnings of Star Wars, but a little bit more surface level of Star Wars came back in. And, and I don't mean surface level in a dismissive way. Right. Uh, the, the aesthetic, the style of seeing uh, clone troopers, of seeing shore troopers, of reconnecting mm-hmm. with a character like Ilaren, of having Palpatine mentioned multiple times there's a little bit of that. Look, I physically recognize names and people and armor, right? That yeah. that physically, literally, like yes, this literally looks like the the universe. But also, like the aesthetic isn't just like scrape it off and it doesn't matter. The aesthetic is part of what gives it yeah. meaning and and feeling Palpatine's shadow over everything. If yeah. you 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 can watch this and have no idea or ever look into who who Wolf Yularen is, but if you do know. It's a fascinating story. And so like mm-hmm. more of the trappings of Star Wars, the aesthetic, the lore coming into this episode d- does make it even richer for me. Yeah, no, there was, especially at the end where you got shore troopers, uh, KX series droids. We'll talk about that and mm-hmm. what that might mean, all that kind of stuff. But, it, you know, when you finally you finally get a mouse droid in it, like you're 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 doing something a little different in this episode. And I agree with you. And I, I don't know if this this is too harsh for anyone. I, Andor's not doing anything new at all in terms of themes. It's not. It's it's connecting with every other aspect from forces of destiny to coloring books to this. It, 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 it's presented in different style like we said that's what's probably uh, could, could be considered new but every week i don't find myself going wow i never thought of that perspective before no it's in line with everything that's come before it. 
Um, but I think I've missed that too. And I, I will admit because when, when Clay is doing the, uh, the walk um, and she's got a powerful walk, she's a great stride and she's walking <laughs> through and, and she passed stormtroopers. I actually, I actually did this. I went, Oh, stormtroopers. I shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying that about those, those monsters. Uh, but I had that reaction. So it, 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 it was kind of fun. And yeah. I, I, uh, the, the mentions of Palpatine were kind of funny. It's like, what? They're, they're going heavy on Palpatine it was two, but they're going heavy on Palpatine mentions I today. I think it was three. Three? Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Woo. Even heavier on Palpatine. Wow. Yeah. Turn it up to 11 with the Palpatine. So anyways, <laughs> but I, but I don't say that cynically or to say that there hasn't been Star Wars previous, uh, in, in the previous episodes or, you know, I get it. It's this weird debate that's going on. And and mm-hmm. what is Star Wars? That's something that you and I have discussed about. It can, it can change from property to property. There's sometimes I pick up a comic book and go, I don't feel as this is Star Wars. And it's got all the things. <laughs> it's got all Star Wars. Uh, and, and it's unfair to the creators because I think it's a moving target. It really oh, yeah. is. Yeah. And this episode, yeah, I, I, I liked a lot of things that popped up. Yeah, and I, I understand. I think there are different kinds of inclusions of things that we know or recognize from from Star Wars, uh, from previous Star Wars stories. And there's this, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing meme level of yeah. <laughs> how much is it that's there because it's fun because I recognize it, right? Yeah. Um, and I think I have, there are very few things in Star Wars that feel to me like that was thrown in for us to point and go, I recognize that, I remember that. Um, and the, the things that were featured in this episode have meaning. Yeah. Clea having to march by stormtroopers who are just like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you, you were, that's not a, okay, cool. I recognize them. Now I feel, now I feel safe. Now it's nostalgia. Now it's Star Wars. Yeah. It is. That's the meaning of stormtroopers, right? That. <laughs> yes. They're just standing in a transit area with their guns out. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that it's about control. It's about what they've always meant, but it's digging into that, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sure enough of that. Yeah. Enough, enough of that. Uh, <laughs> enough of that overall uh, <laughs> picture. Uh, let's yeah. get into the specific ideas that are at stake in this episode, specific themes and ongoing developing uh, ideas throughout this whole show. Where did you go, Ken? What did what jumped out at you? Yeah, the first, we talked a lot about the masks we wear. I think there's time to stay, time to stand. Uh, the big one might be for Cassian, you can't run. But the thing that jumped out more than anything is this uh, rules and regulations and everyone's relationship to them. And <laughs> you have the Empire's rules and, and their rules are now uh, changing, getting stronger, going uh, even more uh, far-reaching than they were before. So you have that. You have the rules of revolution and rebellion uh, and how that maybe butts up against the rules of society. You got uh, Cyril and his mom, uh, she's talking about how to dress and present yourself. <laughs> and uh, which is interesting because he is showing this splash of uh, individuality, but also he has this uh, clear love of rules that I really actually liked his scene. We'll talk more about it, but when he's like, kind of like stating this cold, distant uh, kind of belief in the rules and you're like, well, okay. Yeah. You know, I get his point there, but like though his relationship to those rules is so toxic. It's so troubling. Uh, and then um, just the rules used as tools was big for me. The empire, especially your speech, man, that is an entire speech that could be titled uh, the, the tools of rules or the rules that are tools, whatever you want to <laughs> say there, uh, his Ted talk Um Really, uh, and everyone just pushing the rules away, uh, changing the rules. Uh, Karn, again, I believe we have laws for a reason. Deidre, by the way, we'll talk about how I'm absolutely rooting for an Imperial 
<laughs> and she's pushing past the imperial rules. Uh, all those kind of things just kept uh, just uh, popping up for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think for me, some of that that rule stuff was really tied into this. Uh, the way that I've been processing this show is that balance of the the personal and the ideological, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how much are you are the characters just all in on an ideology because they truly believe it? Uh, because the ideology will get them personally what they want. How how are characters? really invested in the other people in their life, but aren't willing to transform that passion into uh, ideology. We talked a lot about with, with Nemec who had just this clear understanding of this is literally happening to real people and people Mm -hmm. we care about. And so it needs to transfer into this set of ideals, right. And in contrast to the Imperials uh, rigid rules that, you know, there's so much uh, in Star Wars about the organic and the flowing versus the rigid and, you know, cold and controlling and, that continues to really, really be explored in Andor and visualized almost like an office space level joke with uh, mm-hmm. with Karn's new job at yeah. the Bureau of Standards, you know. Sure. Um, but I thought this episode was uh, drilling down on that in particular. There was a line from uh, the the new character we meet, uh, Mothma's old friend, uh, the mm-hmm. banker Tay, uh, mm-hmm. where Tay is saying at that great uh, party as the, the camera is, lingering and looking through a screen when Mothma's going to ask something of him. And he's like, is this personal or political? Mm. And to me, that's kind of like a, a theme statement uh, of the episode, right? Yeah. Um, w- we see it in, in lots of different characters that, that you were talking about. You know, uh, Cyril is, seems motivated. He has this ide- ideology and he's kind of clinging to it, but everything we're seeing is that it's very personally motivated. He has mm-hmm. an awful controlling, uh, parental figure mm-hmm. who makes him feel less than who makes him feel like he has no control over his an- own identity the tailoring thing is like a funny joke but mm-hmm. like my heart breaks for him because it's him trying to take control of himself and his identity right mm-hmm. i want to present myself this way you know yeah um i, I think it's like in in real life certainly people do that with clothes but i think about like that with with like haircuts in parents mm-hmm. right of yeah of, of people wanting to be my hair is going to be this way because it's what the thing on my body that i can control and she's even trying to take that from him so he's yeah. he's coming from this very personal place that is it, as a person he has every right to seize his own individual power and control over his own fate and destiny mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's buying into this ideology of control and authority and i must control other people is a total cycle of control you know so it slips from the personal to the ideological absolutely caught in a cycle that his uh, his mother's instilled into a frightening yeah and then i feel like i feel like we don't know the whole story of uh, dead ramiro yet it's really Hmm. fun to watch we are rooting for her i thought like the fact that we started that ISB scene with the Alarn's great imperial uh, rant of total yeah. control, uh, mm-hmm. literally being aware of, yes, we are closing the fist tighter. <laughs> yeah. We started with shots of her putting on the ISB uniform, right? Yeah. Which to me kind of said like, remember, this that, that uniform isn't necessarily who she is. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. is putting on this symbol of this ideology. And we don't truly know who she is under that cold blaring white imperial uniform right and there's these tantalizing hints that she has such a better understanding of the rebel perspective she has an intuitive understanding of the underdog 
which to me just makes it really fascinating of, of we don't know quite yet what is motivating her. Mm-hmm. Is it something personal like Cyril, where she needs to succeed at this job to validate herself? Is it just job security? Is it just right. being a, a, aware of being trapped in the imperial machine and you either succeed or get crushed? You know, I, I'm fascinated by the the mystery of what Dedra Miro's personal right. relationship is because she has a better handle on how the two ideologies of rebellion and tyranny are are interlocking and responding to one another. Yeah, no, it, it's it's been absolutely fascinating, and I don't I don't think with her, just like I don't think with Cyril, I don't think it ends in a in a redemption song. But uh, to find out more about it, and it's just it's been fascinating. We say it almost every week now. We're like, I'm almost surprised how much like like, but it's weird. Um, it, just to jump a little bit to her moment here, did you, not only when so when when, when Pat, uh, uh, Patagas Patagas uh, Anton Lesser, uh, Patagas. Um, when when he's like does the turn and she's gonna have her moment in the sun and Blevins play is has failed, the music's even inspirational. <laughs> like it pulls it so pulls me in. I'm like, yeah, she did it. Her boss gets her ideas here, man. She's she's really tuned into squashing this rebellion. And it's it's been <laughs> one of my favorite little subplots of the show and and a and a check, a gut check on my uh my soul to make sure I'm not rooting too hard. But I, I it's been fascinating. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, and, and I've got some some more thoughts on that moment. <laughs> uh, but I just wanted to continue talking about that kind of personal ideological divide uh, uh, for a few minutes because I thought that that was what was part of what was so engaging about this episode is we kind of check in with each character and how they're doing on this idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Luthen is really pushing himself to focus on the ideology, the cause over people, the cause over individuals, right? Cassian's a loose end, so he wants him dead. He claims to Mothma to be totally unconcerned uh, about the casualties, right? Of, you know, but if you're not willing to risk your conscience, then surrender and be done with it, you know? Yeah. But then there's that shot where Mothma leaves. Clea's still, you know, hard as stone, Mm. uh, unyielding, but Luthen's face just collapses and there's this sadness. And you get this this, uh, suggestion to me that all of that really hard-nosed stuff he was saying to Mothma is the stuff he needs to keep saying to himself because he does feel the personal. He does feel the loss. It is a tragedy to him, but mm-hmm. he believes that this ideology is not going any further unless he's willing to sacrifice people. So he's forcing himself to do it. Yeah, I, I love that take on it because I, I think it's very real. And, and when it's appropriate in this episode, I think we should dive into... Uh, Clea, Luthen, and their relationship. It's, I'm fascinated. And I'll say this right now. I don't trust her. Not that she's an Imperial. I just, there's some right. energy there where I'm like, oh, okay, your approach is different. And he's got a little bit more, um, dare I say, lived in experience. I don't know her background, so I don't want to cast her aside there. I, I really love what you're saying about that scene about, yeah, it, it, he's trying to convince himself 100% there. It's you weighing know. on him. And in, in, no, I, I would love to talk about that great Clea and Vel scene because I think this is another uh, point where this idea of the, the balance between caring about individuals, caring about your personal motivation versus just uh, utter commitment to the ideology is mm-hmm. Clea and Vel are, are like uh, the the two sides of Luthen, right? Um, obviously, they're, they're they're characters in their own right, but uh, Luthen is presenting himself to Mothma as cold and unyielding right Mm -hmm. clea really appears to be cold and unyielding she's not sure about mothma 
totally almost flippant about the lives lost. And she's like, yeah, whatever. I, I, I recruited Terman. It's a bummer. Anyway, this is what yeah. revolution looks like, Vel. Uh, <laughs> she's saying about just killing Cassian. He's a loose end, so he has to die, right? Mm-hmm. No, no concern, no discussion about the kind of uh, standard Star Wars ideas about how do we fight? How do we, uh, you fight back right. against uh, uh, oppression and tyranny and cruelty uh, without becoming those things? Um, mm-hmm. And Vel seems to be more on the other side to me of like, she oh, is, yeah. she, she clearly believes in, in what she's doing and fighting for freedom, but she is still deeply concerned about her humanity, her relationships, right? She's so concerned about uh, Cinta, who she's clearly in a romantic relationship with. She's yeah. clearly upset by the lost lives. Uh, she is kind of at this meeting because she clearly wants FaceTime with Luthen. And that keeps being dangled of what is yeah. their connection? What is you know, that's one of the few times we've seen Luthen totally break out of fear that she wasn't taking mm-hmm. the job seriously enough, right? Uh, yep. Almost willing yep. to pull pull the mission. So there's something between them. So Vel in that scene, she's concerned about Cinta. She's concerned about Luthen. She's concerned about the morality of hunting down and killing Cassian. It's mm-hmm. all about people. It's about the people within the ideology for her. Uh, this is fantastic stuff. This is some of my favorite stuff in the episode. Uh, I, you know, this now just goes into just looking at the the actual what we saw as it as it combines and crashes into the themes. I, I you know, I, I think there's absolutely this idea that that Vel wanted to talk to Luthen, and then Clea feels that that I don't even think Luthen knows Vel's there. Is my thought, mm. um, and that Clea is intercepting that, and because Vel saying, I just really thought he'd be here. Um, says a lot to me and that uh, could it be Claire hiding? This is why I say I don't trust her or is it no, knowing that, man, the two of these get together, whatever their connection is, they're going to cry over dead, dead soldiers and we're going to lose our way. And I'm fascinated by it. also last week and, and even some of uh, our force and listeners, uh, I remember this was questioned in our discord of, uh, Hey, you guys didn't talk about Cinta clearly killing the hostages. I'll say this. I don't think she did. I don't think it was Claire. And now I think I'll mend a little bit of like, uh, even if she did, I don't think it was on, uh, it was in her heart. It might've been on orders and who do those orders come from and is how much is Clay involved? And are we, is Clay more of a saw? Is she more of a, a mon and is Luther in the middle of it? I am fascinated by this stuff. This is what, uh, one of my favorite things, this episode and this season is done. Yeah. I, I feel like Cinta was fascinating in, in the, uh, other episode because she clearly, clearly, uh, has a deep feelings for Vel to me, yeah, but also has sort of clarity of, but we're committed now. We've, we've agreed to do this and we got to do it and we're mm-hmm. not questioning it. We're moving forward. So that raises a really interesting question. I don't think there's anything that was on screen that to me says yes or no, mm-hmm. uh, that tells us the fate of the hostages. It's a, it might be a kind of a crucial moment to understanding who Cinta is and yeah, where she lands in, in this spectrum of, needing to be committed to the ideology but still needing to keep those personal connections that make the ideology yeah. worthwhile yeah it's just, it's just fascinating because because vel last week so clearly says we talked about it, part of the themes of uh, you know to to uh the the commandant there of oh yeah you would kill everybody we don't do that and yeah i i, I think you're right to say there's no yes or no about Cinta killing the hostages uh, it's very open-ended and you don't see, and there's good evidence that she did. And I would maybe submit to some evidence that she didn't, but I, I think this week makes me think even more that, yes, yeah, she's doing what she was told to do. She's doing the plan. Um, 
and, and what that could possibly do to Luthen or do to Val or, or, or whatnot. And then, and to get these marching orders of, uh, Hey, Clem is actually this dude and go kill him. Um, and is that done because is that something Luthen would want done or is Clay doing that to protect Luthen? Cause he already said, you know, there's a loose end. I messed up. Uh, mm-hmm. it's really fascinating because I wanted this series to do what it is doing, analyzing the formation of the rebellion and how so many different perspectives and ideologies have got to come together under one banner. Uh, yeah. this is some of the best stuff. Yeah. And you can't just send a hollow, right? You can't just mm-hmm. send whatever the star Wars version is of a big Facebook invite of like, Hey, anybody want to get together and rebel against the empire, right? You have to. <laughs> You know, yes. and I think uh, I love what's going on um, with Mothman in this episode from a couple perspectives. But um, mm-hmm. I highlighted that that line from her, her friend Tay, you know, is this personal and political? And me feeling like the answer is it is both. And that's what's mm-hmm. happening in, in Mothma's scene. She mm-hmm. is being pushed by Luthen. Like now is the time to take action. Now is the time to take risk. Things are rolling. This is the time to do it or it's all just going to this rebellion, this resistance is going to wither and die. Yeah. Um, so she's, she's taking this bold step, uh, but the way that she can take this bold step for her ideology of, of fighting for freedom is through the personal of connecting with this old friend. You know, mm-hmm. she literally says, can I call back our old kinship and share some truth with you? Right. Yeah. And then a little, and they have their banter back and forth about him going like, my politics might be a little bit strong for your taste. <laughs> and what she basically says in code, like, I would like you to finance unknown rebel possible violence and i Mm -hmm. won't tell you how you're helping me do that my politics (laughs) might be a little bit strong for your taste you know i think in a in a show that was a little bit more on the nose she might have called back is like Mm. yeah so it is personal and it is political tay yeah um but i just thought that was fascinating because that that whole scene was so personal um Mm -hmm. i think there's that that intimacy of being in danger together there's that intimacy of they've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they knew each other when they were young. I get the vibe that maybe Mon would have far preferred to be married to Tay, but somehow mm-hmm. she got stuck with Perrin. So mm-hmm. there is something almost, uh, I feel weird saying this, but it's almost a sensual scene because it is like mm-hmm. in an emotional <laughs> strip tease for both of them of how much can I share? There's clearly a connection. There's clearly a vibe to me. And then there's yeah. that, how much can I share? So it's this, deeply personal scene about the political. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you factor in some of the stuff we've heard in interviews about Mon Mothma's marriage and the age and uh, partially maybe arranged in some way for family reasons. I, I don't know. And it's almost not fair for, to factor that into the show until they reveal it. Um, but I absolutely, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um, uh, into, I mean, if I, I kept, I kept um, kind of yelling at my screen, like stop holding his arm, Mon, <laughs> let his arm go. Uh, parents watching, like, what are you doing? Spy better. <laughs> it just was like, but, but, but spoke to the connection and the warmth. He brought a lot of warmth, uh, to this character, uh, Tay, uh, Colma brought a lot of warmth for a banker, tough to do. Uh, and, um, I love that. I love the moment where, you know, they got all the shared history and he basically was like, Hey, so, uh, I don't vote for the Imperials anymore. <laughs> I've changed my party affiliation since we've last really spoke. Uh, I thought it was so real and and intimate. And, and uh, yeah, uh, you're not wrong saying uh, central, particularly at the beginning. It's just kind of coded in, in, in what's going on and parents, uh, the, the relationship with the parent and uh, their past. Yeah, it, it, was, it was juicy in a, in a great way. Yeah. And uh, I absolutely loved her, that line from her. Um, 
there's just so much steel from her right um mm. in contrast to her her scene with uh Luthen where she was shaken now this is this is her arena this is her choice there's so much resolve um she's got yeah. that uh that line i've learned from palpatine i show you the stone in my hand you miss the knife at your throat um mm. great line and it also made me think that like she is trying to bring tay into her trust there's some actual intimacy going on uh but Hey, if if everybody's looking around at that party and gossiping, like, is Mothma having a, a fling with this Tay guy from her youth? That's mm. showing everyone the stone in her hand, so they miss the knife at their throat. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It, I, it, uh, gosh, I, I, I think I, I'm trying to put the words how I've I love this character of Mon Mothma. And I've studied her uh, even more and more over the last couple of years. Right, Rebels and even Rogue One, and just I always reference the the Return of the Jedi novel for a great reason. There's some solid Mothma stuff in that that was built into the story by George. Uh, and I've been slightly frustrated with her uh, as a character so far, to be clear, mm. not the performance, not the writing. Sometimes I get pulled in these stories as if it's all real, Joseph. <laughs> I'm watching these real things. And I've been disappointed because she seems so off balance at times, so kind of behind what's happening. And, and I love her, her relationship with Luthen and they got to speak in code and everything. And this was the episode where, I was like, oh, perhaps she was duping even me, you know? Um, I still think there is some real truth to her kind of going, whoa, 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 what are you, what are you doing, Luthen? You know, I think there's uh, a great fear. There should be. This all leads, by the way, to not only her speech in Rebels, but it leads to the flipper of action from Radis and all those things we've talked about and celebrate. Um, so she wouldn't necessarily right now be like, yep, F it, let's go fight. Um, so I'm fascinated by it, but I love the moment with Tay. I love that line, the, the, the whole moment of, 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 her kind of pulling down that mask and, and saying uh, the Mon Mothma that people think they know is a lie. Love that moment. Really great moment for this character. Extremely powerful. Extremely powerful. Yeah. And, and I think she is somebody who's coded about uh, she never loses the people within the politics. Right. She, yes. That's what she says to him. She says people will suffer. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think this is her journey of like uh, she is incredibly strong and she is willing to take risks. It just actually gives her pain and worry to yeah. put real people at risk, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so then I, I think to, to sort of wrap up this, the, the balance of the personal and the, and the ideological, the political, you know, our, our actual title character, <laughs> old Cassian, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like he, this episode made it even more clear that he is somebody who is deeply motivated by relationships and actively actively trying so hard to stay away from the political and the ideological and mm -hmm, they just mm -hmm. keep overlapping in in ways that he can't control um this episode some of some of the most powerful stuff was just seeing the huge amount of love that he has for for marva and, and b2 emo uh, people already uh, oh, you know yeah. commenting on the the petting and and, and the just yeah. beautiful uh he, he's almost like uh uh a child in a heartbreaking way, right? Of like, mm -hmm. we, we can make this right, you know? What do we need but the three of us, right? Yeah. Um, the the stuff of, uh, where he, that moment where he calls her Ma, you know, it's just so, yeah. uh, so powerful. Uh, he goes to see Bix and, and everything for him is trying to rekindle the past, right? Of a, of a relationship. It's all about connection uh, to her, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Marva and Bix, I think, have are, have both accepted. Like, we can't, we can't, this isn't just personal. This isn't just about our relationships. Our relationships are caught up 
in mm. this war that's coming, that's going on, uh, that we can't get away from, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. And that's been this thing with, with Andor, um, the character of Andor in the show. He's been very reactive to things around him, often kind of, uh, I don't want to say float into the scenes, like that, that sounds like an insult, but you know what I mean? He, like, there's a lot of things going on around him. Mm-hmm. And there's been choices he's made for money, choices he's made out of fear. Uh, I think we've all kind of been waiting for him to just get it because we know he does. And that's part of the joy of the series for me. It's what's it going to take. And you're so right from the, from the, the knock that the old relationship knock with Bix, like <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Remember when I used to do this eh, different times? Like it, it did seem like Cassian's uh, booty call knock to be perfectly <laughs> yeah. honest. Yes, it did. Yeah. And, and the show deals with that, honestly. And, 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 and her kind of saying like, as she's sitting there literally battered and bruised and, um, I, I really love the moment of, of, of him kind of like, Hey, you know, I'm here and, da, 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 and she's just like, you like basically saying, you don't get it, man. And people, people don't like you here. They feel that you, you have some loyalty from some people, I'm sure, but they blame you for this right or wrong. Pretty powerful statement. Um, that how about what your actions, uh, will do and what the, the effect of them, both good and bad. Cause now he's done two things, the killing of the corpos, a uh, situation he 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 was not uh, did not put himself in by the way, but it happens. Um, and then now his part of this terror attack that's going across the galaxy, and he's like, no 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 no, it's just a robbery, it's just a robbery. Um, fascinated by him just kind of having continuing to react to everything going on around him. But I think after this episode, um, he's learned the lesson. This is like a good song from the birds. Time uh, there is a time to stay, a time to stand. Also, you just can't run and it found them and, and you're so right the relationships are strong the relationships are real but you can't separate them at some point yeah and, and i really really appreciated uh getting some clarity on clem his uh you know adoptive mm-hmm. father mm-hmm. we heard that mm. he was hanged in in rick's road um and the the dialogue there you know if anybody's watched it fast i i really encourage you know watching it closely with with even with mm-hmm. subtitles uh, clem when when those clone troopers are marching down the street says to young cassian this is not our fight they just want to plant their flag and leave so clem is trying to teach his his young child don't get caught up in the ideology just survive right mm-hmm. and then clem it, it would appear died for someone else's thrown rock right he's trying yeah. to stop other people from getting involved it gets caught in the middle and then mm. it dies for it. And that's yeah. without the death. That is exactly what happens to Cassian on his, uh, you know, um, uh, beach party planet <laughs> on a, on yeah. spring break planet. Right. He's yeah. just walking down the street uh, and he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Probably the wrong class mm-hmm. of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely, I think uh, uh, some of that uh, mm-hmm. stuff going on. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, just blamed by a uh, shore trooper the same way it would appear the clone troopers blamed Clem. And then there's a lit- there's a, a literal play on words with hanging, too, where yeah. the, the KX security droid interprets the shore trooper literally of, you know, hang on to him. Uh, oh, hang him. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's some comedy to it. There's some fun, bizarre vibes because of the beach party planet in the, in the music. But it's. I feel like there was a picture where it became more clear like that Cassian internalized 
the lesson from his father. Don't get involved. He yeah. Clem just looked like he was involved and he died. And Ander was so distraught he attacked those clone troopers, went to prison, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's, he's learned his lesson. The Empire yeah. is awful, but just you know, poke them, irritate them, whatever, get what you need, but just survive, just family, just people. Don't get involved in the big picture. And you're right, he can't, he can't escape it. Even you know, talk more about Marva's amazing scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even the fact that he's like, I agreed to do a heist, a robbery for money. And now that has become ideological to the point where my, you know, uh, mercenary action for the survival of myself and my loved ones is Mm. the thing that is inspiring my mom (laughs) to join the ideological fight. He can't escape even his own actions in the way they're interpreted into ideology. It was uh, it was uh, some uh, I guess I'll say unintentional comedy, but it was it was funny in a way. It, 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 it's just like again trying to get Cassian to 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 get clued into this. Uh, you're so right. Just this accidental hero, right? It's the life of Brian. <laughs> He's in Monty Python's life of Brian. I'm not the Messiah. No Messiah. I I really love that moment. Um, but also, you know, a lot of uh, we, in, a lot of folks in discussing Andor, we always go to that Rogue One line. I've been in the fight since I was six years old and trying to find out where that aligns. Right. With the series. I think mm-hmm. I think you have to look for the emotional canon more than the timeline canon. And I, I just think we're heading to a point where he's going to look back, including stuff Marva said about uh, what happened on uh, 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 Kaldani, um, uh, Canari, excuse me, so many different names, Aldani, Canari. Um mm-hmm. That, that I think that's maybe a realization, right? That he didn't always live with that. He just looks back and goes, ah, this fight was always there. That tragic moment with Clem, the looks they share, it's so clear, you know, it, it, just let put the flag up and, and we got nothing to do with this. And you all have something to do with this simply because you're there. And for Clem to die, it's tragic because he dies um, uh, not for his own actions in a way. But again, that's the lesson. And I love that. I, I really do love... They travel to Ibiza, basically, uh, and he, or he's trying to take a vacation. And, you know, you're wrong place, wrong time. Perhaps uh, I, I think it's pretty clear that you, you look uh, the wrong uh, uh, type as well. Wrong accent, and, maybe. Wrong yeah. accent. Everything about you is wrong for here, even though you belong here because you paid your way here. And it's uh, it is uh, you 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 allow you're allowed to exist here. I think it's a, all leading to this kind of you know, revelation for him that I've been in the fight longer than I realized um, since I was six or whatever happened on Canary. Uh, mm. Yeah, I, I feel that way too. I think whatever happened to have the that band of children, uh, you know, Casa, yeah. Gary, uh, his sister, alone, it was not just an accident, right? That something happened when he was about six years old. And ever since then, as he looks back, he's like, yes, I have tried to look away from this fight. But the fight has always found me. I've never had a choice not to be in the fight. I didn't accept that I was in the fight, mm-hmm. but I was this entire time. And, and I think that speech to Jin is, you know, there's a sort of tragedy because Jin has kind of been in the same position, uh, mm-hmm. but is really trying to say, I, I can just not look up. I, I can I can get away from it all, you know, yeah. and yeah. Cassian's really making that argument because I don't think he fully understands that that they're very, very much the same in that moment mm-hmm. that I have had a life where it has come to me. And I haven't yeah. had a choice since I was six. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. I like how they're getting there. If they, and I'm not saying, I'm not predicting that there's going to be this moment where he says, gosh, I realize I've been in the fight since I was six. I, I, I don't say, I don't even need that, but it just seems like it all roads leading to that kind of revelation. Yeah. 
And we're seeing that contrast that we were both really excited for just from the trailers of there are people on Coruscant who can ignore it for the most part, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They uh, they have the right job. They say the right things. They you know probably give money to the right thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they can just be like, I'm, I'm maybe not sure about uh, the politics of the Empire, but I'll keep it to myself and go to parties and yeah. they'll be fine. And Cassian's living a life where he can't do that. Um, yeah. The other big, big idea that I wanted to talk about, and we've, we've touched on this a, a lot, but I did want to kind of separate it out because it is the thing that I think was so satisfying to me about this episode is I thought there was this, uh, a big theme about sort of a, a breaking through, about committing to action. Um, yeah, yeah. Different characters are at different levels of trapped in systems, hiding behind masks. But in this episode, lots of people very specifically broke through and made a choice and then some other people kind of can't yet. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like Cassian is still trapped, like we've been talking about. And mm-hmm. I feel like the, you know, the the bookends of the episode are are Cyril still being trapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and, and looking yeah. up for for hope and for escape from the machinery. Um, mm-hmm. it, hmm. I, I kind of feel like it's set up by the title, by, you know, announcement. Dead Ramiro's mm-hmm. like, this was not a robbery. Well, what would you call it? An announcement, right? It's yeah. like... Everybody knows there's been a little bit of insurgency, but this is allowed. This is to, you know, raise fingers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to the to the authority of the Empire. And the Empire knows it. And it starts with the Empire breaking free, right? Of like, yeah, we've wanted to crack down for a long time. And Yalarin basically knows it. He basically says... We've been waiting to bring the mega hammer down. Yeah. And uh, the, the actual quote is, uh, uh, we've been prepared to be here this morning and, and know the only question we need to answer is how tight to close our fist. Right. Um, that is, is a breaking free. And then is this show has done again and again, not just making it. They're the bad guys because the, they are, but saying exactly what they're doing, you know, cracking mm-hmm. down on local custom festivals, traditions, yeah. uh, a legislation package of bills and amendments that will free our hands in all matters of surveillance, search and seizure. It's control. It's mm-hmm. taking liberty away. But it is also kind of thrilling to watch because it's like, all right, breaking through that you've given us permission, Luthen. the chains yeah. are off. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, it's it's happening everywhere. Is a great line. Ferrix has been hiding long enough. Luthen just kind of saying we can't hide forever. Uh, I think you're right. Breaking through, break on through to the other side. Uh, and I kind of like I don't know even how you felt about what Luthen's kind of saying. Hey, good, good. We you know uh, he's not saying good. People are going to die on our side. He's just like good. Like we're here. Let's we the the, we, the choices have been made or or have to be made. We can't hide forever. And uh, part of that is the Empire realizing they can't, uh, you know, sit back forever. Yeah, no, I think it's it's really uh, great to see that Luthen wanted this reaction. He wanted the mm-hmm. overreaction. Uh, this is where Dead Ramiro is, is on point, where she's like, this is what they want. They yeah, want yeah, us yeah. to overreact so other people can feel the tyranny, see the... the I don't know if Dead Ramiro would call it tyranny, but feel the control, right? And, and all of it is supported by what happens at the the very end. What would have been a mm-hmm. six month fine for you know kind of bogus charges is a six year, you yeah. know, which is directly uh, Luthen caused that, you know, yeah, uh, fully Luthen and Andor taking it. Yeah, yeah Luthen got Andor six years in prison. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that one of my favorite lines is, uh, you know. 
Mothma in Luthen's conversation where he's, you know, offering her the uh, Powan War Club again and saying, has ever, anyone ever made a weapon that wasn't used? You know, right. and right. I think Luthen, to me, is, has this picture of he, he is breaking out, but it is heartbreaking for him. Right. Of Like, yeah, we're slowly being choked. We're going to have to fight eventually. So why not now? Yeah, no, I'm fan. I'm fascinated by that. But you know, again, in an episode where like uh, Cassian, you know, takes his credits and, and runs off to the beach and realizes there's, you know, there, you, you, you can't. You, there's nowhere you can go. There's nowhere that's far enough. It's going to be there. I, I, the flip side of that is Luthen kind of going great. I hope you all realize there's nowhere you can go, and right. and this is what we've done. Yep. Yep. He's yeah. He, he's he's getting the empire to announce themselves. Um, yeah, and I feel like this this theme continues. We we talked a little bit about about Mothma and just the the power of kind of seeing her mask and having her own her mask. Um, mm-hmm. when they're still having a more casual conversation, and and Taya saying, "I don't, I I stay back on Chandrilla mostly. I you know I couldn't live the way you do. Coruscant, no escape." He literally mm-hmm. says, and right. then later in their conversation, uh, you know, he's afraid that he's offended her, and Mothma says, "No, no, no, no. You've set me free." Like, yeah, it, it is, you know, um, d- depicted to us mm-hmm. as a, a breaking free for Mothma. She's still in this mask. She still has to pretend she still has to smile. She still has to show the stone yeah. so nobody sees the knife. But it is a moment of action for her. It yeah. is a stepping forward in a in a breaking free uh, even a little bit. Yeah, everyone, including the Empire, putting down their masks in this episode, right? But, you know, we always have the conversation about what is Palpatine's true face? Uh, it is the ugly one, and the Empire's uh, revealing theirs. Uh, no no hiding behind policies and procedures, and, and the flip side is what you're talking about with Mothma and everyone on that side. Love it. Yeah, and and to go back to Dedra Miro, I think this is part of what you're responding to. I, th- I think mm-hmm. she is coded as a perspective character, and she is the one who's she's a bit of an underdog uh, yeah. at that in the ISB, she's the one who knows the truth that we, the audience know the truth. And like, she's right. And all those things make us kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> root for her. But this episode was extra powerful because in that uh, rigid ISB meeting with the the backstabbing mm-hmm. and the incompetence and everybody just trying to please uh, daddy part of gas, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> Did mm-hmm. I do it right? Well, is he going to give me a treat or is he going to swap me on the nose is the entire vibe. And she breaks out of that and has that like, you bleeping bleepers, I'm right. I understand this, and I'm yelling it, right? Uh, when yeah, she yeah. explodes and goes, do you really think the rebels care about the lines we draw on maps? Right? She's yeah, yeah. pushing back against the rigidity and the fear and the control, even within that ISB meeting. So it's another explosion of release. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I've never been so conflicted on a character. It's been years since Star Wars. <laughs> because there's just so much. I was just thinking while you're talking to you. It's like she's one of the only women in that in, in that room, right? There's mm-hmm. I, I, Maybe she's the only one. I can't. I'm trying to remember the scene, the details. I didn't freeze frame it. Uh, there's so much stuff going on there. Anyways, continue. I'm a, I love this. Yeah. And she brought in to be a blunt tool and kind of by part of gas going like, why don't you stay a blunt tool unless you really got what it takes. And this is the episode where she takes the risk and says, I do. I know what's going on better than anybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, mm. really powerful stuff. Uh, I think it's powerful that uh, Dedra Miro has a line that's very similar to Luthen about their their structures. Luthen says he's built the rebel network and says to Mothma, it grows or it dies. And one of yeah. the things that Dedra Miro says in her uh, risky outburst is systems either change or die. <laughs> yes. You know, it, so it's it's 
It's great. It, the, the people who are kind of on the money about the way these systems need to be built, the way the ideology needs to 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 be activated, uh, mm-hmm. are kind of on the same page about it. It about this. Uh, announcement this growth this catharsis this life it's got to go mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got to evolve it's got to move um mm. which is which is fascinating um yeah it, so marva also right that's one of the another explosion of oh, a choice right oh, uh great. she can't let it go anymore uh she said we learned that she can't walk down rick's road that she's mm. taken the long way through the center of her community for 13 years because she can't see the place that her husband died because it hurts too much to, to force it down. Right. Mm -hmm. And to have that explosion of it's probably too doomed. I'm too old and I don't care anymore. I walk down Rick's road. Right. To have this picture of, of rebellion being like, yeah, it's scary. Yeah. It costs, but the freedom to be honest with yourself of like, Mm. I will not repress my, anger anymore i will not repress my defiance anymore yeah it's another mo- huge explosion of release and choice yeah uh, yeah the the putting on uh, put on my best coat and walk through the center of town was pretty powerful um love that love the exchange you can't beat them more of a not if i run away uh and her her one of her final words to some of her final words to him in this episode of you know you you will you'll see uh, love everything about it. Their relationship is pretty fascinating. Would love to know more of the story at some point, some supplemental material. Uh, maybe we'll get it. But um, yeah, big moment, powerful moment. And that final shot of her grabbing the blaster, putting it aside. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. And, and knowing that, yeah, she's she's putting herself in a horrible danger. Um, and, and we already talked about it, but but I think for me, the, the picture of Cassian, all of these characters having some amount of breakthrough, right? Luthan yeah. got his... His revolution got the empire to crack down. The empire is happy to be open. Mothma's, uh, you know, taking action. Uh, Mira's taking action. Marva's taking action. And Cassian, Cassian thinks he can go find somewhere warm and easy and is immediately arrested. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, literally. Sandals. By the way, gentlemen, don't wear sandals in public. That's a Ken Knapsack fashion football. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Just the, and I, I saw someone tweet about it wasn't a smash cut from Marva to the beach. There was the stuff in the middle with the Imperials, but it, it emotionally felt like mm, I'm coming back. Of course you are. Then all of a sudden birds, beach, paradise, uh, sex, drugs, rock and roll. It was all there. <laughs> it's like, none of it, none of it's going to keep you. Keep you you could smash a cut right from he's him saying to Marva, we'll find a place they haven't ruined yet to being actively choked on a beach. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then I think, you know, in some ways, I think for me, the episode might have ended a little bit more powerfully to, to end on the, the six years and that cliffhanger of, you know, what's going to happen with Cassian. And this is a direct result of what Cassian helped Luthen do. Mm. Uh, but I do think it it is powerful that the episode begins and ends with Cyril literally looking up toward release or escape from Mm. the, the stifling, uh, uh, conditions he constantly finds himself in and and i think for me it's one of those endings that like yeah i want more story and yeah it feels a little sudden but when i process it on a real thematic level this episode is about the characters who can start to break through through and make choices and the characters who are still stuck and we begin and end with cyril being stuck yeah no and and again i i I mentioned up top like i just kind of there's gonna be some weird shoe drop ending that just you know and and that's a little cynical 
uh, on my part, but I, I really think you're right. And I, I view uh, Cyril as um, a little bit of a dangerous cage line at this point. And uh, I don't want him out, you know? I, by the way, him him getting offered that job in that empty cubicle is absolutely a horror show. That's the le- that's the oh my god, just kill my soul. I I I will never work a nine to five again. That that broke my soul. I was almost rooting for him in that moment. But I think you're right. Um, cage line to me. Yeah, data entry about fuel <laughs> purity. God. Yep. Nope. Yep. Uh, nope. Extremely painful. Extremely painful. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And and just. Another, I would love for poor Nemec to have survived and written about that in his manifesto, right? About Mm. all the ways the Empire controls you. And like, there's that sense of like, oh, yeah, I mean, it is good to watch over standards, right? I mean, to make sure that things are safe for society. But you get the sense that, that like, Palpatine's like, how can I spread extra misery? Let's make them go over the data. 17 times <laughs> yeah well and, let's and, put them in soulless cubicles and i will feed <laughs> off their suffering it's like yeah yeah but you know what i love about it too and we can talk about it maybe in connections it's not it's not explicitly stated at all but that this is this thing that you and i've talked about that we kind of like that was uh was it an alphabet squadron of just you know yeah. the, em- the, em- the emperor wants to look if you fudge a form on your taxes he wants to know if you have uh that uh that slippery slope in your morality and so I just, I thought of this the entire time. I was like, what are they tracking? Yep. Who's going to fudge those fuel purity numbers? Because <laughs> he's got them then. Uh, all right. Any other big uh, thematic thoughts before we take a quick break? Uh, no, man. We hit them all. Love it. Great quotes. A lot of stuff. Turning back would be impossible. Uh, one of my favorite quotes as well from Luther. And, uh Love it all. Breaking out an announcement. Uh, that's what's all there. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed it. Uh, can't wait to uh, revisit this episode and see how it plunges into the next episodes. But for now, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with some discussion of canon moments, action moments, comedy moments, all that stuff in just a moment. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And we are back to continue our discussion of Episode 7 of Andor Announcement. Uh, we always like to talk about canon connections. Uh, we sometimes talk about just, hey, there's the fun thing. Here's a recognized species or alien in the background. But then we also talk about those moments of uh, of connection that are that are meaningful. And it ranges in Star Wars from the deeply mm-hmm. meaningful to the fun. And everybody has very different and very strong opinions <laughs> yeah. Yeah. about what is meaningful, what is fun, and what is uh Cheap nostalgia. Uh, you be the judge as we discuss some of these things. Uh, let's talk Yularen. I, I couldn't contain myself and, and shared some of my thoughts about Yularen. Uh, but were you excited to see Yularen? And if so, why? Uh, yeah, no, I was. And so it was funny. I, at, uh, I don't watch it with the uh, subtitles the first time. Uh, but now with Andor, more than any other show prior, I've been watching the subtitles. Uh, just to see what's revealed. Uh, so I went to bed. Number one, like I said earlier, a little grumpy over the show, the presentation. But I was like, I hope that was you, Lauren. <laughs> and um, it it's not quite a match uh, face-wise. It's old man, white hair, slick bag with a mustache. So it's a match. But it's 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 a, it's a little different than New Hope. 
Uh, and so I woke up the morning and I made sure. I was like, I got to have them subtitles on because I got to see Miss Lauren. And it was. And I was happy. I was happy in the sense of also how far this guy's fallen, man. You, you fought alongside Jedi. And yes, we look back. It's one of the fun things to track. His relationship to Anakin, Anakin in particular uh, is pretty fascinating, which is funny because, you know, you're not done working with him, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, and to see him and to just hear him, even using the, the, the word henceforth, it's like you are you're speaking Palpatine's language. You were one of his buddies, not unlike Korsh Panaka, just maybe not as uh, Panaka is not as intense uh, and uh, to, to all this stuff here. It was uh, like I said, mighty have fallen, but also so wonderful. And again, a case of, um, I don't know and don't quite fairly care how they put it together. Gilroy and his team. And I don't know if Stephen Schiff was like, uh, I'm really excited to get you Lauren in there. Maybe he was, I don't know. Don't care. The end result is wonderful. This is the character that would be there. Uh, we haven't necessarily been on the show calling out for the character, um, but it makes a lot of sense and it worked. I've, I've been hoping for him since we're like, we're in the ISB. This mm-hmm. is where he would hang his hat. Again, this is the kind of yeah. Lauren Cannon connection I like because it's not like, I hope Bosk shows up at the ISB. Well, there's right. no reason for him to be there, right? So if, eh, right. so that would be if, if people are like, we were, there's some trouble in this sector. Here's a picture and it's Bosk. It'd be like, yeah, okay, that's mm-hmm. a fun nod, right? Yeah, yeah. But Yalarin should be there. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's yeah. in, it's important. Um, and, and like I said, at the top, I think uh, he is fascinating because he's probably somebody that that Palpatine has had his eye on for years of like, this is a person who mm-hmm. doesn't feel things too personally. He falls in line with the ideology. And yeah. even the, the fun, playful moments on Clone Wars are mostly him rolling his eyes at the Jedi needing to do things there strange way and not just follow the rigid rules of engagement Mm -hmm. so you know like there's this perspective that he's fallen but also at the same time for him it's like what are you talking about if you said that to him it's like what are you talking about yeah the jedi were messy they're kind of they kind of tried to do what the senate asked of them but they kind of tried to do their own thing and that's just messy no we have an organized government led by a strong leader and you shouldn't defy it and we're going to crush it, right? I mean, to him, he's still fighting the Clone Wars. These are separatists, right? Totally. This is a pocket of those separatists that a bunch of people he worked with died fighting that war, and he's still fighting it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Wolf. even get Mothma, you know, not using the term rebels yet, but still using the term separatists uh, yeah. for some uh, of the people she's helping. Yeah, yeah, fascinating, right? Yeah. And then the other thing for me is, um, y- y- Yularen, I think, is... is you know, one of those characters that's on that range of um, people who like Star Wars and have seen the films many times and, you know, read books or whatever could still maybe be like, who's that Yalarn guy? And then like within mm. a bubble, he is, I think, really well known and yeah. enough for, for people to go like, is Yalarn going to show up? You should. It's the ISB. Um, for all of that and for all that discussion that Andor is not about your your cameos and your deep cuts, mm. he is presented as a reveal. The way yeah. it's shot, right? Yeah, yeah we yeah. see like, ooh, there's an even, there's someone even higher up than Partigas. Yeah, bringing the fist down. Who is it? And and fine, if you don't know who Yularen is, it, it works as a there's a faceless controlling figure, and yeah. and then we see the face, and it's this harsh man with a mustache. But yeah. for me, I'm like, show show me the mustache, show me the mustache. <laughs> I'm waiting for the shot, oh. and it was a reveal shot. Yeah, it was of the bad man with the mustache, and I yelled for Yularen because it yeah. was a reveal. 
Yeah. I don't, you know, and yeah, uh, you know, again, you and I talk often, you know, I love my Imperial officers and I don't know why, cause I shouldn't, it's just something, it's just something It's silly on some level, but it's great. And I think you're right. It was, yes, to many, it might've just been boss man, number one. Um, but, uh, I love the way it was, uh, filmed uh, and presented. Yeah. I mean, and I like the character cause it's a, it's a fun, you know, back cannon fill of that guy in a new hope and right. time with him in the clone wars. I, I like all that stuff. But what is powerful about the character is the story of perspective. Yeah, we, the yeah. audience, feel like, what happened to you, man? How did you fall? And from his perspective is, I didn't fall. I never mm-hmm. changed. I drilled down like yeah. you should. And that's the value of the character to me, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. I know. I agree with that. 100%. Uh, mm. All right. Sorry. I, I will let... <laughs> No. Oh, come on. Move on from your line. You're, you're allowed to go. I, you know, how many times have I just absolutely just uh, talked for hours about Radis or something like that? This is a uh, moth Jared Gerard. Like, come on, man. This is your yeah. time. Yalarn is the anti-Radis. Uh, yes. Instead of slapping the flipper down, he's closing the fist. Yes. Um, yes. We had a trooper bonanza in this mm. episode. Um, we saw the stormtroopers in the, the transit station. And we saw the clone troopers uh, marching on Ferex, uh, we saw a young Cassian <laughs> about to attack yeah. the clone troopers. I was so thrilled to see shore troopers on space south Padre <laughs> Island. Uh, that was quality time with shore troopers, and then a real effective emotional use of the KX series enforcer mm-hmm. droids. That was terrifying. And yeah. how could it not be teasing the audience with the the relationship between? Cassian and, and K2SO to, to oh, yeah. see a character that has been we understand they're enforcer droids but we met them as a friend mm-hmm. and Cassian's friend and now to see them in this other context so how did you feel about the uh, the trooper and enforcer, enforcer droid bonanza in this episode yeah jumping to the the reveal uh, of the short troopers when the that one's in the background again had much like the early reaction oh stormtroopers I was like oh yay short troopers uh, then you got the one uh, Whitwer, Sam Whitwer voices, the ones interacting with Cassian. And the only thing I'll say about that one is uh, you got to firm up that armor, buddy. Like you're falling below <laughs> Imperial standards. Little, <laughs> little shaggy looking short trooper there. But um, uh, loosened the armor a little bit, a little too hot yeah. on that planet. Uh, yeah. Nyamos, I believe, is the actual planet's name. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Uh, love the sequence. Yeah. And, and without a doubt. So, um, yeah, it's fascinating to me, and there's going to be probably a lot of videos about was that K two and was the voice different? You know, you know, does he get re, does he get the Alan Tudyk voice when he's reprogrammed? I don't know. Maybe it is. I've read the comic one shot where they meet, and this ain't it, pal. But uh, I, I, it's it's Daniel Craig coming out of the water in Casino Royale. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's this like hero shot, this sexy K two S I reveal, but it's. This, KX droid, uh, you're absolutely playing on uh, our emotions there. Yeah, it. it I. I was like, it's. A, it's a land shark. It looks like a Jaws yeah. moment to me of yeah. like coming up and just like yeah. the. It, 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 there's so much imagery in this whole series and in all of Star Wars, but this show is is doubling down on the the mechanized and the organic and the sort of inescapable mm. machinery of the Empire, and I kind of like that. That was what was emotionally effective to me about it. Of like you get the sense that Cassian can maybe talk his way out of the short trooper can mm. probably take the short trooper down and run for it. But that machine of the empire, he's done. Mm-hmm. It's got yeah. him, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Thematically. Absolutely. Which is why kids don't wear sandals in public. I'm <laughs> telling you, you never know when you got to run or fight. 
uh, yeah. So the I, I love the short troopers. For me, that was just a like, yes, I love this aesthetic. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it is one of the ideas of Star Wars that is the the intersection of cool and absurd. It is so stretching that there we need a different armor for every environment. And the idea that we've joked about so often, and other people have too, about is this considered a really fun job? You're not on mm-hmm. Mimban, you know. You're not a a, a, a Mimban stormtrooper covered in mud. Uh, yeah. you know, you're not a snowtrooper or a range trooper freezing. Yeah, you got you got some lighter armor. You got n- yeah. no thigh armor, so your thighs can breathe. A little, <laughs> a little beach time, short troopers. Uh, still at the end of the day, I'd rather be a range trooper, but that's just me growing up near the beach and tired of sand. But uh, yeah, loved it. Yeah. And then how did, did you have an emotional reaction to seeing the clone troopers? Uh, did you wrestle with the fact that we as the audience have often haven't have them coded as heroes uh, and know that they uh, appear, appear to hang Clem for throwing for no. uh, they, for the thought that he maybe mm-hmm. threw a rock. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I did definitely didn't wrestle with it. it. Just, it's to me, it's a sign of the times that were there at that moment, 13 years prior, we're right here at the, uh, the dawn of a so-called safe and secure society. And I think this is the show uh, where a show like Bad Batch is, is um, really examining you know, the clones of this time and the relationship to uh, uh, personal and the political, I guess you could say it ties into that. So um, I liked it also because, you know, again, that was a trailer shot. Mm. And uh, there was a lot of, you know, we love diving into the trailers. We do it here and we're going to keep doing it. But sometimes it's, I laugh when it's like, we all, oh my God, is this, where does this take place? And it's like, it's a, it's a very important flashback for two seconds. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's, it's got a lot of thematic importance to be clear. Um, but I, I kind of like, uh, like that take on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's another fascinating thing like Yularen of we spend time with mostly pretty heroic clones in the Clone Wars animated series. There, mm-hmm. there are some who are lockstep with, uh, with, uh, Palpatine, the Coruscant, uh, security clones, uh, mm-hmm. you know, are, uh, do some not great things. Um, but it, it makes sense that they, they feel they've been fighting a war. They feel like they're being attacked on a separatist world, you know? Um, and, and, and they always wrestle with, we just, we follow orders, you know, and it, is it the clone troopers or is it that Imperial is like, yeah, nope, we're going to make an example of this guy. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So happy to see all these different, uh, in faces of the empire or the future empire with the clone troopers and all of them have some kind of meaning. I, I always like to ask you, because I know you have, um, law and security background in your own life experience, in your family. The short trooper was straight up being just like, uh, uh, was like beach cop, right? Yeah. And how did you feel about that? Uh, honest question, honest answer. There's been a couple times in the series where I get what they're doing. I think some of it is played very real, and sometimes it makes it slightly unfair for someone like me. Um, I didn't uh, honestly like the, oh, uh, uh, how many, one suspect? Oh, let's send 12 officers. Um uh, officer safety is a key important thing. And, and that's a, that's a different discussion for me to have. Maybe hmm. uh, it was played correctly. And it was the thematic point um, Their their interactions, very real. And it's very real to a lot of people. Um, so I number one, get remain respectful to that experience, but it was, um, it was, uh, it stood out to me. I'll just say that. Um, but also maybe there's a lesson in that. Uh, I've, I've said some of those lines before in my life. Um, and, uh, the fact that, um, uh, this is what Andor keeps run up against is, 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 is important. And, and I enjoy what the show's doing. Is that, is that, do I sound like Mon Mothma at a party? 
<laughs> no, you you are being uh, fair and balanced. I think, yeah, for for what the show is portraying, it's obviously the interaction that many people uh, have had with yeah. figures of authority. Uh, you know, I'm I'm yeah. uh, been privileged to not be harassed uh, by cops too much, but I have a couple times had that kind of interaction of yeah. you know what are you doing here? You know, and if you ask a question. Uh, that is like the most offensive thing that you could do. You know, like I've, I've been uh, a cop gave me a ticket once and I asked why, and he threatened to, you know, uh, basically take me in for yeah, resisting yeah. the ticket, you know, for asking yeah. him why, why am I getting a ticket? Um, yeah. And I'm not painting a, a, a broad brush. I'm just saying like, even for myself who, who does not have to deal with a, a lot of things that many other people do mm-hmm. uh, that living in a society where some uh, figures of authority abuse it is, yeah. is powerful. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's it's. Uh, I've talked before here, even on this show here, of, of hardening, uh, hardening of the hearts of the people in those positions. So you might think you're doing um, the job that uh, has a, a saying on the side of your vehicle, but you're not necessarily living up to those standards on the side of that vehicle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and this is again a very real interaction. And let's not. It, it's directly coded in uh, the person that uh, you know does not look right in this situation. Uh, and so the reaction is very true and an experience shared by a lot of folks. Uh, and I think it is, um, if you're, if you're like me with my background, look, I, I've, I've personally in my life arrested hundreds of people. I can tell you many of them deserved it. Uh, um, but a lot of situations I looking back, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I did that. I don't know if I'd do that again. Um, so the lessons of the shore troopers interactions, uh, if it hits you a little wrong, it should, it should. Yeah. I think for me, there's also it's it's easy to get in a sort of like, um, oh, the 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 stormtroopers and snowtroopers and shore troopers and and all of them are they're like they're soldiers, right? They're in, yeah. in battles. But then I think back to A New Hope, and the stormtroopers have always been coded as both sort of soldiers and like. The the stormtroopers on Tatooine are transit cops, right? Hundred <laughs> percent, stopping 100%. Luke and in, in Obi Wan for their their license and registration. You know, so that that's always been an element of the troopers in Star Wars. Yeah, no, but I, I actually I appreciate the question, and 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 this this show has um, done some pretty important things uh, and has a pretty clear perspective, and I agree with it over overall. Little things rub up against for only because of my personal experience, but guess what? There's people with. Um, a lot different, a lot of different personal experiences and perspectives of mine. And I think they're, they remain the more powerful uh, points of view in this show. Yeah. And, and just kind of a, a great, a great, almost, um, n- not comic in a ha ha funny but way, but like in, in the irony of Cassian having been involved in this, uh, this heist, this rebellion mm-hmm. that has, is echoing out through the galaxy and is making change. And this time he's literally like, uh, yeah, I, I took some credits for her from her, but this girl I hooked up with uh, yeah. wants uh, some treats and some greeny Revnog. Pizos and Revnog. We're out Pizos of Pizos. and Revnog. Pizos and, green, and greeny Revnog, you know, and I'm just going to the store. It has some, yeah, it, it's, it's, I, I don't yeah. want any way to say it. it is like, haha, funny. It is ironic. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. No, it's, it's, uh, it's done with great purpose in this show. Yeah. Okay. So moving on. Uh, thank you for uh, taking taking the time mm-hmm. for those insights. Um, the the Palpatine mentions are great because there are many. There's Yularen's y- um, sort of uh, this is a way to sort of demonstrate my power. I spoke to Emperor Palpatine personally uh, mm, last that. night. Right. Uh, there is that mention. There is Mon Mothma understanding finally 
how he gamed the system and trying to steal some of his tactics to use against him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's that just real sort of uh, flippant in the judgment at the end when Cassian's like saying, well, it's, this is uh, ridiculous. And the judge says, uh, take it up with the emperor. (laughs) Yeah. Right. There you go. That's the third one. I was trying to remember the third one. You're right. You're right. Um, Yeah. But it, 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 I, what I love about it is it paints all of these sort of different sides of Palpatine, the way different people would see him. But in, in a show that is, I think, doing a great job of showing how humans are trapped in the machinery of the Empire and showing them as humans with jobs mm-hmm. who get bored and want things and doubt things or believe things. And there's lots of talk about, like, the gray area. And and I like seeing the humanity of the Imperials trapped in the machinery of the Empire. But I don't ever agree with the discussion of the gray area that says the Empire is, it's just people too. It's just two sides, you know? Right. Right. And why? Because the Empire flows from Palpatine, uh, a tyrannical authoritarian space wizard who only wants power for himself. And if he hurts other people along the way, that actually is great by him. It feeds yeah, him more power. Yeah. All of this is flowing from him. The empire is corrupt. The empire is wrong. And I can have empathy for people who are trapped in that system. And that is what this show is showing me. But it is not showing me in any way that the empire, it, that there's a gray area to what the empire is because it's palpable. Yeah. And, and those references to me bring that home. Yeah. Cause even, even, um, you know, going back to Republican separatists, which it was invoked in this episode, not just with the word separatists, but the clone troopers of the Republic, the flag of the Republic. Yeah, I think that's a that's more in line with that conversation if we were to have that direction. I think i am always been 100% with you. Uh, I don't like the idea of gray Jedis. I don't like the idea. Uh, I like the, I, I explore the gray areas in Star Wars, but Star Wars always comes down on a side. It always does. And um, for this ending here, it's like, is this is this what clicks in for Cassian? Um, mm-hmm. Number one, you were f- falsely arrested, you know, arrested under false pretenses. Not a good action by the short trooper, again, to be clear. Um, and your actions, your the actions bo- that inspired people now to rise up <laughs> and your own actions uh, led to this. And it's trickled down to this where now you get six years for this. Um, that means something. And you're right. It It, it, it is a, a clear cut side. And how do you react to that? These are the rules. What's your relationship to them? Yeah. And exactly what Luthan wanted. Like you get it now. You got six you, years in prison for looking suspicious on a beach. Allegedly. I love this episode is, is wonderfully titled announcement. It could be titled. You get it now. <laughs> in a nice quick Luthan. You get it now. You get it now. Yeah. yeah you get it now. Yep. Commander. Yep. Uh, Okay, so sorry. Uh, no, it's, yeah, it's I'm but Palpatine it's, obsessed. No, but but it's important. I think I think it's important. It's something you, you uh, me, and Jennifer have have talked about, and I think at times I've butt up uh, against friends and personal conversations off air about uh, the empires. I'd love to know more about Sith stuff. Why? What are you trying to learn from them? It shouldn't be empathy. Understanding how we get there, understanding those trapped in the system, like you said, but uh, the perspective is clear, and it always has been in Star Wars. Yeah, I love learning more about uh, people who are making bad choices as a cautionary tale or people who uh, become aware that they are part of a system that is hurting yeah. people. And then what do they do what once do they're do? cognizant of it? You know, the choices of Star Wars. Yep. 
moving on to less important and weighty things. Um, I did like that uh, Cyril and Edie Karn were just straight up watching the morning news. <laughs> yes. It was not a shimmering hollow. It was a screen. Star Wars has both, but it really was just like, you know, a bulletin from, from Coruscant, from mm-hmm. far afield, you know. Yep. Uh, how did you feel about that? Uh, I, I had a reaction to it. Like, I, I think I, I think we've talked about this kind of stuff before, about normal everyday stuff that we know mm-hmm. exists in Star Wars, but we don't always see it. And the news media is part of that. We had a reporter in the Poe Dameron comic, everything. We don't see it, but you have to believe it exists. Um, so I kind of really liked it. Uh, it looked funny. It looked almost like Back to the Future 2 <laughs> does a future <laughs> newscast or, or an old uh, scene from the Max Hedrum TV show. Gosh, there's a reference. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, but I actually, I, I actually liked it and it made a lot of sense and it worked. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, and, and I am really curious to see if they will cross that line. Like news hollows we, we've seen, we've seen in Mandalorian of the, of, mm-hmm. of people on Tatooine watching the report of the, Correct, the second yeah. Death Star's explosion. This was a news report. I'm so curious if we'll, if we'll cross that line and see like Edie Karn sitting there watching uh, her stories, like watching a narrative, watching a soap opera within the Star Wars galaxy. That'd be great. But even this news story had the, also it reminds me a little bit of some of the scenes in in Demolition Man. Uh, We're going to go dinner and dancing at Taco Bell, but uh, just the costuming and the look of it. But like, what's the version of Coruscant today? We're going to go to so-and-so in the newsroom. Like it had that vibe. Like, and I almost like to see it. Uh, we got we got so and so from the Coruscant Zoo bringing two massives. Let's bring these animals on out. But we got a news break before that. Yeah. Good morning, mid level Coruscant. <laughs> Good yeah, morning, mid level Coruscant. Different different broadcasts for for yeah. different levels. And just to be clear, uh, uh, for for book and comic readers, it's well established in books and comics that there are are hollow vids of all kinds. There are narratives, and mm-hmm. there have been mm-hmm. uh, narrative screened entertainment and books. Uh, I'm just really intrigued about what that would be like to see it live action on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple of just other uh, little fun things. We get uh, mentioned in the ISV meeting of Ord Mantell. And it's long been a, a planet that's fascinated people because it's one that's just uh, mentioned in a cryptic, fascinating way in Empire Strikes Back, of course. Um, mm. uh, I don't know if we've seen it in other shots. It's the first time I've seen it. Uh, but there was a Jedi Temple guard mask in the background of Luthen's. Yep. Galactic antiquities and objects of interest. I'm very um, proud of myself for seeing that before uh, you mention it or Alex <laughs> makes a video. I saw that. I saw it, it. I think it jumps out at us because it's it's a face, right? Yeah. And yeah. We're we're uh, geared to see faces, but also like this show, uh, there's a lot of masks being worn, a lot of masks yep. being uh, taken off and put back on in that scene, so to have that mask uh, staring yeah. out and. You know, we had a we had a big uh, good talk last episode about uh, Luthen's jumbo holocrons that he keeps in the back, and what's his thought of having Jedi artifacts? If that's accepted, if that's a danger, but he's right. got it right out there on the show floor, right? Yeah, so fascinating stuff. Um, like all of the Star Wars shows, there are some new creatures, alien design, and there's some uh, reuses. At uh, Mothma's party, I'm sure there's a million things to notice and people put out great videos. Uh, but there's a character from The Last Jedi uh, who's on Canto Bite, who's featured in that Canto Bite book of short stories uh, called the Ca- Countess, the uh, uh, large uh, purple uh, yep. being yep. Uh, with the head that is also part of her neck. <laughs> yep, yep. And it's always fun when you see characters in the background who go like, oh, that's." there's no reason to think that's the same person. That's somebody of the species. 
But that one is like that. That could be the Countess at this party, and then years later at Canto Bite. I, I actually at this point, until told otherwise, uh, I'm accepting it as the Countess. <laughs> absolutely, am. absolutely, am. Countess acceptance. All right, we're gonna move on from canon to action. Uh, this episode felt more action packed to me again because people were making choices, having catharsis. Uh, but there, again, there wasn't a lot of standard Star Wars action. Uh, so what did you feel about that? And what, uh, were the moments of action that you did enjoy? Um, I look, I want to be clear. I don't need uh, traditional Star Wars action every episode. I really don't. Um, I don't necessarily miss it, but it was part of that feeling going into this episode of like, I, I know no one's even going to fire a blaster. Uh, and sometimes I guess maybe I need it more than I can, more than I admit to myself. Well, you had a lot of action last week, so I knew what we're kind of, kind of, kind of get the, the whispered tension is kind of its own action. So for my uh, action moment of the week, I am going to submit something I said earlier, but, uh, Clea's walk through Corson. <laughs> She's got a big purposeful stride, uh, arms swing wide, uh, great outfit, little purse as well. I, I, I've been wearing a fanny pack lately cause I have nowhere to put my wallet. So I was, I was all in on that. Um, uh, absolutely, uh, thought it was great. And, and, and part of my, uh, don't trust her anymore. I like the character, like, like, what is she up to? She's something different when she's out of that store, man, who is she fascinated? So that's my action moment of the week. <laughs> uh, I, that is, is very tempting for me to include in action, mm -hmm. uh, when uh, Cyril has to dodge the mouse droid, but I'm going to try to keep my action <laughs> moments to, to things that like. George Lucas would consider an action yeah. scene, you know, actual uh, violent action um, or or a chase. Uh, so I'm going to throw on there uh, the shore trooper running. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep up. <laughs> that shore trooper just hauling armored butt was great. Yeah. And then the, the KX droid, the, them uh, emerging and them just throwing people around like rag dolls was really, really uh, mm. effective and scary. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. They had a weird um, a CGI moment, which was not mm -hmm. weird. That just takes me out of the episode. But I just, it, in, in, in the discourse out there in Star Wars land, where we fling uh, mud at each show based on, well, this didn't look good. And this show is perfect and, and practical. Like, well, that clearly wasn't. And I kind of liked the imperfection of it, if that makes sense. It's it's a part of Star Wars. Some of the yeah. uh, some of the effects are so convincing and immersive, and sometimes they bump a little bit. And yeah, yeah. there's definitely yeah. some bump moments in mm. Obi Wan Kenobi. So it was pretty fascinating to see a, a, a bump moment of like, yeah, <laughs> yes, there is some CGI in the in the rag dolling of those. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, ready to move on to moments of comedy and whimsy. Yes, indeed. Uh, this show is, this particular episode had a lot of just sort of uh, dark, it's funny because it's the way the characters are choosing yeah. to express themselves. Yeah. There's a lot that made me laugh within dark, tense scenes. Uh, totally. How about you? Did you find a lot of moments of comedy and whimsy in this? Really did. I mean, Cyril and his mom is a sitcom from another point of view, right? You, you just change the lighting and the tone and add some a soundtrack and you got a sitcom. Uh, the opening line is what makes you think the Bureau of Standards is in the market for individuals? I don't know why that just, it was like a Wes Anderson character moment or something. It was just like a joke that was not a joke on so many levels. I really love that start of the episode off that way for me. I, I would argue that that is absolutely, uh, a joke, right? It, mm -hmm. It's, it's the presentation of the, um, the mother who 
a parent figure who just will not let Cyril breathe. Everything Cyril does is wrong, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the overall intent. But like that's actual comedy of the contrast between the Bureau of Standards uh, uh, being (laughs) interested in people who are really just being themselves. Like it's the Bureau of Standards. Like you're going to wear a a curvy shirt to the straight lines office. Dummy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not quite a, a play on words like hey, this is the Department of Redundancy Department, but like it's it's like it was just really funny the way she commits uh, to the, every line she ever she has. It, and and it's just I really love this character despite her being pretty frightening uh, as a mother figure. Uh, so that was a that was my my favorite line. There's others, but that was my favorite line of the week. Yeah, I think I think her delivery and her performance, like we've seen in in pop culture, a lot of domineering mothers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the fact that the lines are great, her performance is great. Uh, uh, the performance of Kyle Soler is, is Cyril Karn. That's what makes it sing. Otherwise, for me, it would risk on being like this is a trope we've seen domineering mothers yeah. a lot, but the way it's presented makes it fresh. Uh, yeah. in, in that her the exchange where like everything say, says something, which is mm. so frustrating when somebody's just riding you and they say something that's like, well, fair enough. That's, that's accurate. But yeah. Uh, but Cyril's response, which just that barely contained fury. What is it you hear my caller saying? <laughs> so I was just, I don't have all the lines written down from any of their exchanges, but the way he responds, cause he's kind of speaking in her, you know, her tone and her words and, and, and the way, um, all the syllables are hit in, in their sentences, right? And just mm-hmm. even with the, you know, uh, your un- uncle uh, Harlow, like, what is it that he thinks I should pursue? Like the, every every line, every exchange they have is, uh, it's amazing. I, I really love this stuff. Yeah, of just like I'm, my words are trying to play along with your concerns, but my subtext is nothing but raging fury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, understandably so and then yeah in more humor of the uh the crushing uh boringness of the bureau of standards that uh, the bureau of standards head officer whoever he is weights engages may seem a more vibrant arena than redundancy or verification but yeah. walk the floor talk to any lifetime employee you'll be surprised <laughs> lifetime employee is the one that like ticks it over into <laughs> just great comedy yeah yeah yeah, some good office space comedy. I've seen that tweeted out already, but yeah, oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even it's even almost like a comedy cut at the end when you're like, how how big of a farm is he in, right? When it's like, dun dun dun, oh, you know, yeah. like it's almost like the koala eye at the end of the uh, Simpsons uh, episode <laughs> where they go to Australia, but <laughs> yeah. backwards. Love that. Uh, what are some other moments uh, of comedy for you uh, as we man. get out of the horror of the uh, yeah. Bureau of Standards? Yeah, I, I, I've, I've, I've praised Anton Lesser so much, and and will again. This is someone who is so, so wonderful in finding the line of, uh, you know, just uh, getting so many different reactions and levels out of lines. There's um, uh, a great moment in, in Game of Thrones uh, where he is Kyburn, you know, post uh, the mountains um, battle with the Viper, and and he's trying to bring him back to life. And Cersei's like, uh, you know, will the process change him? And he just looks at her, and just goes, Oh, yes, quite. Quite whatever the line is, I forget it, but it's the energy is just like so just special. And so part of Gaz has just so many of those moments. Uh, The line here, Supervisor Miro, do you mind having your integrity ventilated in public? I really, anytime you sign up for uh, social media, I want that line to pop up (laughs) as a prompt. 
Hi, Ken. Do you mind having your integrity ventilated in public? If if not, if you're okay with it, sign up for Twitter. <laughs> what that I want is everywhere. that's a great way to deploy that. Uh, here was my favorite part of Gaz line because yeah, they were they're mm-hmm. all winners. Um, you know, we try to have a friendly conversation on Four Center, and you know, depending on who's kind of uh, uh, leading us through the notes, you and I and Jennifer will ask one another like. Oh, what was your thought? What What do you think the big idea is? What do you think mm-hmm. is going on? We ask it in a in a in a kind and in, in intrigued way. We could replace that uh, with our Partagas Coast quote of saying, "Thesis, please." <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just everything about it. Everything about it. the fact that he goes. And I'm jumping to the end of the sequence, so please feel free to to fill in any blanks here with other lines from the sequence. But. Uh, for any of the meetings, but the the one they all get into this, this tense fight. Blevin, Miro, uh, he's reassigning everybody. He's messing up careers and lives. He's you know you get your report <laughs> in by morning about Ord Mantel, and he ends it all with thank you all for the lively session. That's like when someone debates on. I know a few friends and you out there listening. You know who you are. You love getting into fights on Twitter. You love it, and you're all well. Thank you all for the lively lunchtime. And I'm over here trembling and shaking and sweating and breaking pencils <laughs> like. And just to have him just be like, ah, well, it was a lively session of debate, discourse, and careers being ruined. Thank you all. Yeah, I didn't write down the exact line, so I'm paraphrasing, but like, yeah, it's a lively debate, mm-hmm. a lively exchange of, of, of viewpoints, or yeah. whatever that exact one was. Yeah. That's great, too. But thesis, please, uh, was just like, it, it was such a funny response to her explosion going way out on a risk and yeah. way out on a limb and almost risking saying that his lines were wrong and other people like grabbing their collars and going, oh, daddy part of gas can't have done anything wrong. And he's yeah. like, thesis, please <laughs> get to the point. Summarize. Uh, so great. So great. Um, a lot of great moments. Uh, it was so great to see B2 emo again. And there's something about like his, uh, mm. that whole dynamic where he's very direct, um, chomping at the bit to talk. Uh, but just the way that line was delivered when, when Cassian first gets home and he's just like, where have you been? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, even, yeah. And again, something that's not original to, to my brain, but seeing it uh, tweeted out several times already, but just the, the, the happy dog barking when you come home, Cassian, mm. it's, just, it, it's, it's the best. Yeah. And there's a, may I speak now? Can I speak now mm-hmm. <laughs> in the emotional moments? And Marvin yeah. going, no, yeah. um, the uh the the Mon Mothma scene, you know, comedy and whimsy. I don't I don't know if that's the quite the right term, but the way that conversation flips from mm-hmm. Tay thinking he's like, I don't know, uh, my uh, my politics are a bit spicy mm-hmm. for you, who who's just living this life, and the, by the end of that conversation, the way she has turned it around and saying my politics might be a little strong for you, and then ends that with that smile, mm-hmm. you know. Just the utter power of put on your fake face because that's how we're going to survive. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if comedy and whimsy is the right place, but it 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 hit me in the gut. I really yeah, it, it's just a great sequence and so well performed. And and a lot of what even going into the series, I, I, I the show has taken a lot of things that I wanted uh, and was expecting the Andor series and just delivered it in a different way. And I say that in a good way. Uh, but this is kind of what I wanted from what we we're looking at with Mothma. Like she's operating in the shadows, but right in the spotlight and the tension in there and just everything about the beats and up, oh, smile, smile. And I'm, I'm leading you around and, I'm, and my husband's watching and he's coming over and just, it had its own kind of wonderful tension. And, uh, and in it, um, you felt the energy, you felt the connection. You felt this is one of the only people she can trust. And, and I yeah. think there's some whimsy in that. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And we we got a question on uh, on one of our shows recently about could Bail Organa, you know, show up, mm-hmm. and and this made me want it even more. I want somebody that she can open up to. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. A uh, lot of other uh, great lines. I I loved that casting, kind of trying to call back the the good old days with uh with Bix talking about climbing over the fence and her mm-hmm. uh her father yelling at him and her saying this is the last uh, place you should be and. Guessing going, I believe those are your father's exact words, and like she's she, she's not she's not down for uh, going down reminiscence lane there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is one of those lines where, um, obviously, written, performed long before an audience could see it, but that strange, weird meta energy where it feels like the show is weighing in on the uh, online debate mm. um, during Bix and Cassian's conversation where he says about Tim Carlo, your crazy boyfriend tries to get me killed and I'm the villain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why I like that too. And you know, more on Tim on force center, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, there's Mm -hmm. something about that. I really liked. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, last thing for me is, is, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't quite understand it until I put on the subtitles, but the, uh, the person that casting has hooked up with on uh, beach party Mm -hmm. planet uh, asking for the, to go to the store to pick up pizos and the greeny Revnog. That's such a great example of, so just sort of star Wars, find something, but us totally understanding what it is. Right. Yeah. 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 I like yeah. that. You need anything at seven 11 is what I titled that scene. Uh, yep. Uh, and I get, I get the vibe that it's basically like, uh, yes, I need uh Doritos and flavored vodka. <laughs> yeah. And if they got a little bit of those uh, sweet tarts there, uh, could you yep. get that Keith Geargo? <laughs> it, it's really close to to him naming himself uh you know a glup a bleepo uh, as, <laughs> as people like for for the background weird star wars characters um so moving on because i could talk about lines i liked all day uh, we always like to talk favorite luthan lines or noises did you have a luthan line noise moment that spoke to you I, I just watching him work uh, both as a character and as a performer, Stellan Skarsgård, and just the you know again talking about keep the masks up, and you got uh, Cloris, the old ISB planted driver there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love just watching them laugh and oh, okay, I won't be needing either of these. Oh, all right, we'll get more in. It just was fascinating to watch him work. Yeah, no, a- absolutely, and I think in that scene where Mothma is like, the door's closed, it's fine, I'm not playing these games, I want to know the truth, and he's kind of shifting back and forth for being yeah. up for mm-hmm. bringing, bringing the mask down, um, that, that led to my favorite moment when he, he jumps to his big ha-ha-ha, everything's fine laugh as he turns around with that Powan war club, yeah. everything that it symbolizes. I'm like, mm-hmm. yep, it's time for this, whether you like it or not. Yep. Yep, the network set, and uh, we're going to use these weapons. Yep, we're going to use these gloves. All right, is there anything that we haven't uh, touched on that you wanted to? Uh, check on my notes. No, I ta- I wrote down this. Deidre Miro, hero of the Empire, question mark? We talked about that. Uh, and I did want yeah, we, we addressed the Sinta stuff. Uh, I think it's fascinating. I think there's going to be, we're going to get clearly more of that. Uh, her escaping, uh, so confirming she's good. Uh, seeing the Star Destroyer, great little moment there, too. Uh, I'm looking forward to... To more of that, is she the killer that some people think, or was she doing what she was told? Uh, what's what's uh, the connection there? Yeah, so I should have included that as action moment, seeing her zip on the speeder, but where is she going and what's she doing is, yeah. Yeah, is great. Um, 
Yeah, I think uh, for me, it's it's only it's only big picture stuff. I feel like the show is building toward this classic Star Wars question uh, or idea of, yes, we have to fight against uh, tyranny, um, but how we fight matters. And that's really what a lot of the, the characters are wrestling with. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Clay is all the way on the other side of like, yep, people are going to die. It doesn't matter. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Um, and then in Mothma is, is treading right because she is treading so carefully because she cares so much you know mm. Cassian can't fully commit because he's so afraid that it'll just make you know everyone what happened to Clem what happened to his sister will happen to everybody you know yeah um so that that question has so been raised and I'm very curious to see that if in this season or in the second season we really get into that all right everybody's in everybody's all in mm. that we do have to fight but now the how we fight question is yeah. raised right um yeah ezra and yoda's conversation in rebels is is literally yoda giving this advice of how we fight matters um rose tico's epiphany in the last jedi of you know not fighting what we hate saving what we love you know mm-hmm. uh, luke throwing down his blade and returning the jedi star wars is rich with this of yes you have to fight but the question but wrestling with the question of how we fight matters it, it did get raised a little bit by vel l- last episode yeah. of yeah. We, we would never do that but i feel like that is the this big Star Wars idea that is brewing, and I'm curious to see how much uh, Andor goes for t- goes toward answering that question if it's this season or next season. Yeah, we, look, we're, we're right now we're drafting the uh, recess basketball team. We're picking sides here, and uh, eventually everyone's g- going to be on one team here playing basketball against the Empire. And and you have to answer that. You have to address it. And I think they're starting to. I'm curious to see how far they go into it. We know that, uh, you know, Saw's showing up at some point and uh, mm-hmm. let's just call it war. Um, I, this is why I'm here. That's why I bought a ticket for Andor and uh, love that they're scratching it. And hopefully, hopefully they scratch more and soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess a final thing for me is uh, I, I'm so excited that people are loving Andor and I want to make that a positive thing and encourage people to check out other parts of Star Wars that I think uh, that are uh, shaking hands with Andor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this episode in particular just kept making me think about the movie Solo. And totally. I love Solo because it's kind of a, a fast paced adventure. And I think it's easy to to just receive it that way because the film puts itself forward is let, let's move fast. Let's have fun. But I also love solo because it's about exactly these issues how do you have where can you go where you might have any freedom you know han is young and idealistic and he's kind of in sympathy with casting of like i'll I'll just find somewhere that the empire isn't right yeah and everyone else in in the film is saying no the empire has made it so you basically can't have personal freedom that's a fantasy that's a silly fantasy you shouldn't even chase after. To me, that's the heart of that film. So I, I, I would just say if people are enjoying those ideas in Andor and are maybe so-so on Solo or haven't watched in a while, watch watch Solo through the lens of Andor and, mm-hmm. and see if it speaks to you differently. Uh, yeah, I, that's a great suggestion. My mind goes there as well. I, I, there was a couple moments in this episode that I thought had the same energy as some of the uh, interactions he has on Cornet City at the spaceport, mm-hmm. uh, including the big Han Solo gets his name moment. You and I have... Uh, talked about and, and dare I say celebrated that moment because uh, it's the same kind of energy we are the machine we do not care about your individuality uh, and, and and Han takes that to define uh, something else for himself uh, that getting the the hyper fuel trying to buy their way out it's all a similar energy mm-hmm. absolutely so yeah uh, just taking a moment to suggest solo 
mm-hmm, <laughs> in mm-hmm. our Andor report. Uh, any predictions or hopes for next episode? Uh, you know, I, I think we got Cassian in prison and, and, uh, we've seen perhaps some of those shots there. I try to, I try to erase some of the trailer mm-hmm. stuff out of my mind as the show goes on. Uh, but oh. looks like, yeah, looks like we're yes. heading there. Sorry. Did I spoil it for you? <laughs> no, no, no. I've just, I, I have let, you know, uh, I've let uh, the, the trailers kind of wash yep. over me and look at the ideas and not worry too much about trying to figure out where each location is and what it means. Yep. But the yep. second you said that, I was like, ah, yes, there are all those shots in that place that from the trailer, I was like, is that a lab he's infiltrating, right. you know, to do a rebel assignment? Like now, as soon as you say that the dime dropped and like, oh yes, that's, yeah, that's prison. Yeah. I doubt and he's seen many st- shots of it. Yeah. I doubt he's going to stay there six years. How about that? Um, yeah. But I'm excited to see that, and, and I'm excited to uh, hopefully see Val uh, on Ferrex or, or tracking down Cassian. I, I hope at some point uh, we have uh, now uh, five episodes left. Yes, at some point we're going to see Saw. We know this. Um, now it's just a countdown to when and, and, and how they play it. Uh, so I'm, I'm 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 excited, and, and it's clear my my malaise up top um, is real and, and honest. But I also can't wait for the next ones, you know. And that's and that's also telling. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and and I'm I'm with you there. I there's so much I love about Andor, and I want to share that and celebrate that and enjoy that with other people. And and there are sometimes some uh, pacing things for me, and I I hope that the next episodes. I, I, Tony Gilroy has been you know uh, given interviews saying this one was kind of a standalone. Yeah, then yeah. we have a three part arc and a two part finale. You know, so I hope that energy of this episode just really keeps trucking through that three-part arc that we're going to get. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and, yeah, we're getting another three-part arc coming. I think the tension of the series is great, and you're winding the clock, right? And 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 you're winding up the tension, winding up the tension. Maybe the alarm clock. We're going to start count. We're going to tick, 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 tick down. I want it to get more intense. I want there to be a little bit more momentum going forward. I don't know if that's going to happen, so I remain open to what's going to be presented to me. But that's kind of where I'm at in my soul. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to see people, not only the reasons that they might make the choice, but I want to see them make choices each episode. You yeah. know, that, yeah, yeah. that's the thing uh, for me. I think for predictions, I think it, this episode set up this great tension, speaking of winding the clock, of everybody wants Cassian, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. will Vel or Cyril get to him first? Because I feel like Vel's been literally given the assignment to, you know, yeah. kill him. Does she break him out of prison and hide him? or yeah. wrestle with the choice of whether or not to kill him. Um, I think, you know, Cyril's, I think Cyril's going to be uh, abusing his computer privileges, not working on, on fuel <laughs> purity, but, yeah. you know, the way he stare, stared at that, mm-hmm. you know, news broadcast, that's his opportunity. And he knows that Cassian's the one that got him away. Cassian's yeah. his tool to get him the control and the power and the respect that he thinks uh, that has been denied to him by the cruelty of his, of his parent. Indeed. Um, so I, I'm curious to see if it's going to be a will Vel or Cyril get to Cassian first. Yeah, no, I, I love I love that Andor is kind of the uh, the target there. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, absolutely. It makes it more his like, yeah, that you there's nowhere you can run from this Cassian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people are coming for you now. Um, I think the other thing which is not fun uh, to think about is how how long for this show uh, Marva will live. And it, it, yeah. What how, is that the thing that pushes Cassian over the edge? Yeah, unfortunately, right? And even yeah. B2. Oh, God bless you, oh, B2. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't know. I don't know if or when, but yeah, I could see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, in order to end the episode, 
<laughs> on a far more <laughs> upbeat moment uh, than than that. Uh, we always like to talk about what merch we would want based on this episode. Uh, Ken, if you could have some real world uh, products inspired by announcement, mm-hmm. uh, what would they be? I think uh, I do want uh, Pizos and Revnog. Um, we've got Crunchies now because of the cereal that cereal has. Um, greenies uh, do exist in our real world. Uh, talk to Major League Baseball players all through the decades. They're not something you want your kids to have. Um, <laughs> say that, Clubhouse Coffee. But uh, I, yeah, Pizzas and Revnog. Even you make that a band or you make that a, a snack pack at Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> I, I want to be able to, since they sell actual alcohol at Oga's Cantina in mm-hmm. uh, at Galaxy's Edge, I want to be able to order a greeny Revnog. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, two other things that I want. You know, I'm, I'm always about the action figures. I've said many times I love those uh, cinema scene uh, three packs that they used to do in the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I would love a, a Mon Mothma dinner party cinema scene. It's an action figure of her and Tay in close conversation. The action figure is even molded so their arms can link. And then Perrin is like way off on the other side of the package staring at them. <laughs> Just staring. Staring. Uh, yeah. Staring and Perrin. Staring Perrin. That's I want Perrin with staring action. <laughs> He's a garbage yeah. pail kid now. Staring Perrin. <laughs> staring Perrin is yep. so good. Uh, Brian Ward, wonderful artist. I believe <laughs> you have been called. Yeah. Uh, if if you feel the passion to create Staren Perrin, the Star Wars garbage bail kid. Um, a, a lot of people have commented on the great sort of weird surf rock music uh, mm. that's going on on uh, Nyamos. Mm. So I want a full album. I want, I want Figrin Dan's uh, surf rock beach album, which would be called Jizz Wailing on the Waves. Oh, yeah. Love that. Let's make yeah. it in story. Yeah. In universe. Yeah. 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 Immediate, immediate purchase on vinyl even. Yeah. That's great. All right. (laughs) We'll see what of those uh, merchandises become actual reality in our real physical world. Uh, That is our big look at episode seven of Andor Announcement. Ken, where can people find us? Hey, everybody. We are the Force Center Podcast feed. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Subscribe over there so you don't miss our live Q&As we do every month. Uh, also, uh, we are on Facebook at Four Center Podcast. You can get uh, merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. The podcast is available uh, anywhere you look. Uh, uh, just search and find us wherever podcasts are at. But uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. And uh, don't forget, if you want to, uh, you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Four Center. You can support uh, me if you like at Ken Knapsack. Uh, just, uh, you know, follow me. I don't know what that does for me anymore, but yeah, yeah I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, go to my website, KenKnapsack.com for, for uh, update information on things I'm doing. I will uh, be up in Seattle on the 28th of October doing comedy with Mark Ellis. Ticket information on the website. Joseph, what about you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can also check out my YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm a little bit more active there, putting up some podcasts, putting up some short comedy bits, and coming up soon, some short films. Uh, If you'd like to support me, I did rework my personal Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash Joseph Scrimshaw. So it is uh, supporting my podcast Obsessed. It's supporting some of the writing I'm doing. It's supporting some of uh, the short films film i'm doing uh so if you are at all interested in reading about some of those uh 
tiers and all that kind of thing, uh, please go check it out. I really appreciate the support. It uh, really helps me pursue all of the different things that I am interested in. So thank you very much uh, for even considering. But that is it for us, for myself, for Ken, for Staring Baron. <laughs> this has been the Andor Report. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.